This show is sponsored by NatureBox. NatureBox ships tasty and guilt-free snacks right to your door with over 100 flavors to choose from like Asiago and Cheddar Cheese Crisps, Pistachio Power Clusters, and Big Island Pineapple. You'll never get bored of snacking again. Try NatureBox for free by going to naturebox.com forward slash bad Christian. That's naturebox.com forward slash bad Christian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. How's it going, Howlies? This is Matt, and I'm coming to you making my intro from Hawaii this time. Howlies is a, uh, I think it means kind of like gringo, except for in Hawaii. I'm not really sure. I think I've even used that on the intro before. Somebody sent it in before, but it's very appropriate because I'm sitting in a hotel room in Hawaii right now. Emery's playing a show with Silverstein in Honolulu tomorrow on Wednesday. So if you're in Honolulu, please come out and check that out. Now, the thing that I think is weird is I've been here for three or four days with my wife and, and Matt McDonald and his wife. He's playing bass for us at this show. And it's been really interesting. And this island is so relaxed and so chill that I cannot imagine why anybody would want to hear and listen to aggressive, screamo, hardcore music. I, that I don't get at all. So I'm glad to be here, but I'm not looking forward to playing the music because I'm not in the mood to be the aggro, to tell you the truth, because I am chilled out. I don't want to scream walls to you guys. I want to have a Mai Tai and continue to sit in the sand. But I'll be back next week. We'll be back on, you know, into the the lower 48, the continental U.S., and we're going to be on tour. So go to emerymusic.com. You can see our tour dates. You can buy VIP packages. We're starting in Seattle, and then we're going down the West Coast, headed toward Texas, getting all that stuff. So please come support us. Come see us live in concert. Emory, that is. Now, today or tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this, the Abandoned Kansas record has come out. That's the big deal here. And I, I realize maybe I haven't done a good enough job of telling you how much I like and how good the actual record is. Yes. It's really good. It's hard to describe. It's, I think it's a unique record. I think it's a personal record. I think it's something that everybody will like. I really, really do believe in this album, and, the, and, and it's, it's out now. So instead of talking about pre-order and crowdfunding and all that stuff, it's a legitimate record that's out. Now, you can buy it in stores. You can go to Abandoned Kansas uh, Facebook and see what, what stores it's going to be in. You can buy it on iTunes. Just go buy it on iTunes. That's the simplest thing to do. And don't forget, the Emory record will be out next week. Pre-order it, buy it on iTunes, whatever you got to do. Now, I hope you guys are enjoying your week as much as I am out here. And to tell you the truth, I really need it. You'll hear more about that in the episode today. So sit back, relax with me, and let's uh, enjoy another episode of the Bad Christian Podcast. Here we go. Three, two, one. I'm going to need your help, Toby. All right. Hey now, hey now. Don't I don't know the word. <laughs> hey now, hey now. It's the big Christian Porchies. Okay, so Were you really not familiar with that song? Yeah, I don't remember the words. It's over. Oh yeah. Hey now. That's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's crowded house. Sang it. That made me look is foolish. Is that crowded house? Crowded house. Don't mm-hmm. dream it's over. Yeah, so we're officially out of beatbox ideas, right? Is yeah, it's the, done. That's the end of that. <laughs> we're just gonna, Joey's going to sing 80 songs from now on to start yeah, the show. Yeah, for sure. Hey, did you guys uh, watch the big fight this, this past weekend? Or last weekend, I guess I should say? Oh, you yeah, and what Jessica? Happened, yeah, what happened between you and Jessica? Yeah, it was unbelievable. We went toe-to-toe, round-to-round, <laughs> for sure. No, I'm talking about uh, Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather. Oh, that one, yeah. Um, so I, I was all set. I was going to watch it, and... Um, 
and I just it was going to go with some friends, and then Jess had to do something, so I was like, I'm going to stay at home, but I thought maybe I could even find it online somewhere, pay for I don't know. Anyway. Steal it. <laughs> well, I don't think you could. I think they were pretty You locked, tried to. Locked, locked did you try to steal no, it? No, I yes never did. No? I did, did you try to steal actually it? Yes didn't. No? I actually didn't because um, I wouldn't do that, and two, <laughs> um, I was like, I'm going to watch this, and so Jess went to sleep, and I, I was sitting there, and it was like 9.45 or something like that. I was like, man, I don't think the fight starts in you know till 11 p.m. here on the East Coast. And then uh, that, that was like the last thought I had. And then I woke up and it was like after 11, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could find it. And that and I was gone. Like I am getting so old now that if I sit on the couch after a certain time, I fall out. And yeah. I'm actually glad I did. Everybody said the fight sucked. Yeah. Every person I talked to was like, yeah, it was just boring, 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 which I kind of knew that going in because Mayweather's a little bit more of the technical boxer, just jab and, and weave and, and avoid. Yep. But yeah, do, do y'all even care about, like, Matt, you, I mean, you like, actually, Matt, you like football a lot. I don't know if you, you don't care about NBA. You like college some with yep. Clemson uh, sports, but do you care about, like, MMA or boxing or yeah, anything I, like that? Yeah, I like MMA, and I, I I want to get into it more. I just don't have, I don't watch it with people and know enough about it, but I do like it. Right. Um, I know, a, I, I absorb knowledge about MMA pretty well, and boxing is, you know, I mean, I think it's done. I really do. I think this is it. Yeah. Like, if this isn't good, then I don't think anything's going to be good. And MMA is the new thing. So I'm excited that, you know, giving consumers and people what they want is going to result in MMA being awesome. Now, I think Mike Tyson and that era, that just, there's nothing better than that. So for this, you you contrast Mike Tyson's aggressiveness. That's all it was ever about. That's why boxing could have and was awesome. And now it's kind of put itself in a corner. I don't think it can survive. It'll it'll survive. It's a good sport and art or whatever it is for the skill, but it's not, I mean, I think it's done. So no regrets not seeing it, Toby, huh? A guy, uh, Dwayne from church said he wouldn't even watch a rematch. He said, if they're not going to fight, no I ain't going to watch it. Now, yeah. there has been speculation. Well, it's not speculation. Uh, Pacquiao says his arm was messed up. His shoulder. Oh, man. He's a boxer. Everybody's know, tuned but, out. I mean, We're it, done. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I am kind of sad. My pawpaw used to love watching boxing, and, and there used to be back in the day. I think that's what's kind of hurt it. It's all pay-per-view. It's all about money. And the anybody, there's no like governing body like the NFL or MLB or NBA. So yeah. it's just really crazy. Individual like anybody can win a bell. Or somebody can have been a, ruined. Yeah. yeah, and so it just, there's nothing like, you know, this fight should have happened five years ago. Yeah. And now we're here where they're way older, and, it, and it's just like, well, dang. It worked but, out for them. They got 120 I know, that's and the thing. million I think, dollars I think, or something. Yeah, Floyd Floyd's going to make at least 180 yeah. and Pacquiao I think made 120. So you're like, well, I mean, how can you blame them? Well, boxing may not be thriving, boxing may even be going away, but what is thriving and what's not going away is pornography. It is going to continually take over the world. I think it's going to end. It's it's thriving. Like, you know, you, th- you think the end of the world's going to happen in 50 years. I think porn's out of here in 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's about one of the most things you can count on is pornography to succeed, honestly. It is, time. man. It would take it some is, big and, stuff uh, for that not to be the case. Yeah, I want to read an email that we received, and he actually said that we can use his name, but there's a lot of Nicks out there. But he says, my name is Nick. I've been a fan of y'all's music since I was nine. I'll admit that I hated it at first until I actually listened. I have been listening for a while now and just finished listening to the one with Greg and his wife from X3. Listening to it convinced me in a good way to contact them about getting help for my addiction to porn. So thank you guys for being who you are and being honest for the gospel. Keep up the good work. So... For those of you that think we talk too much about porn, 
I, I have my hand in the air, one of yep. them praising God. Yep. And then my other hand with my middle finger sticking out to everybody that says, stop talking about porn. Because, Hell yeah, because Joey. Because the Lord is doing something here. Hell okay? yeah. He's working through X3 Watch and that ministry. Hell yeah, Joey. And we get you to got be me a part fired of up. it. We get to be a part of it. Hell yeah, we get to. So what is X3 Watch, Matthew? <laughs> X3 Watch is software. It's digital technology that we use because we spend so much of our lives in the digital world, that is. And so... We do, man. We really do. What it does is monitor our browsing habits. That's Matt, Toby, Joey, and all of our people out there who have listened and and gotten and signed up for X3 Watch. It it monitors our browsing habits and keeps us accountable online. Accountability being a big thing, a very, very important thing, and one that escapes you as soon as you get to your computer. So pretty pretty smart idea to to try to bring that to the digital world and connect you back from your computer screen to real people. Check that out. You go to x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian and sign up today if you haven't. If you've been thinking about it, just go ahead and knock it out. You can do it before we get to the damn news. So I don't want to bring down our energy that we have on the podcast today, but Matt... We mm-hmm. want to talk to you about some stuff that has been going on in your life. We know, and uh, you have been so kind to talk about it. <laughs> You've so been you doing kinda, a real I, delicate setup here, buddy. I appreciate yeah, I that. <laughs> you don't have to well, do that uh, on my behalf. Well, I, you, want, you know, you want we, me to tell people you, what's bud. going on? Yeah, just just give it to us in the best way you can. All right. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you know, I like times on our podcast when it's not all jokes or whatever. But yeah, there's a. Uh, w- Bad times, bad times for me, bad times for my family, all the way around. Um, we're, we're going through something that's, I don't know, it's, it's really difficult. Uh, I was had a bunch of jokes prepared like a few weeks ago in my head and everything. I was, be, I've been really excited to tell everybody that uh, Bridget and I were going to have another baby, but we lost a baby, and um, it's, I mean, it's been like the. And I know it's so interesting to people because they say, well, Matt doesn't have emotion or Matt's, well, what does this mean if, if it's Matt and he's dealing with something that's pain and loss and stuff? And I don't know. I mean, certainly I do have emotion and, and, and a lot of feelings about it um, that are hard to, to un, undo. But it, it is really interesting walking through it. Um, and I want to I talk about it. I want to tell people I think it's a very under-acknowledged uh, thing that happens that I've seen with other people and I never thought it happened to us and it did. And it's, it's just really, really low. I'm also a person that hasn't had a lot of bad stuff happen in my life without a doubt. This is, this is the worst, the worst thing that's happened to me. Um, so this is where we are. We were about 10 weeks in and went in for appointment and not, didn't think, didn't have any thoughts of anything being wrong. And you know, they couldn't find the heartbeat and sent us downstairs for an ultrasound and confirmed what, what was going on. So at what point did you start really like when you when they sent you to the ultrasound? Is that when you were like concerned? Because you're pretty chill, level headed guy. Mm-hmm. When did you kind of start going, oh, this this could be bad? Well, I didn't. I was concerned when we had Georgia. I thought about that type of thing. I had a little anxiety yeah. back that time, but this pregnancy, none. I wasn't thinking about it at all. So I didn't even, when she was having trouble finding the heartbeat, I didn't even panic. I didn't. And then when she said, um, I don't know, I'm very good at reading people. And I knew, you know, I could tell by the way she was reacting and talking that she was entering a mode of being careful. And I said, oh, yeah. 
okay. Like I wasn't bringing nervousness to yeah. it, but I could read the body language and the way that she wanted to do it and said, well, you know, it could be. Yeah, I could just see it and hear it. So they sent us right. down. So I knew at that point that we're in trouble, you know, like, yeah, you know, and then pretty quick in the ultrasound, the uh, lady doing it, she, she did a really good job. The last person I had ultrasound from, I, I didn't like it all and gotten kind of a fight with, but this lady was great. Um, she was empathetic and she told us pretty straight away. She had a, you know, a good way about her. And she, I, I knew, you know, right then I just, uh, how did she, I, I mean, I'm really curious, like what's, what's well, she asked a, a couple way. of questions with extreme concern on her face. And yeah. so I knew the answer to these questions would determine the answer. Like, are you sure about your date? Uh, this, this, or whatever. And she goes, yeah, well, yeah. here is, and she gave a technical explanation that this, what this is, isn't at 10 weeks. And so therefore we know that this isn't where this is based on the measurements and what we see and, and, and that kind of thing. So it was a matter yeah. of fact, and I, I appreciated that. And it, I don't know. Then it's, you know, since that moment, I mean, everything's different. I mean, this is like, you know, this is like part two of life. I mean, it feels like, like it's, this is permanent, you know, this is, there's no going back. I I can't even explain like that whole day was like one of those blur days where it doesn't seem real. Maybe like the day you have a kid or something, but it's like, it didn't say, none of that seemed real. It was very surreal and all that. And then it felt crazy. And then the next morning, you know, went to bed somehow at night, whatever, woke up the next morning. And that was just, the the worst you open your yeah. eyes and oh this is this is true this is real you know that is just yeah you know hard to hard it just i couldn't believe it when i woke up the next day that that was permanent reality you know yeah you had a hard time even uh, i know when you called me you had a hard time even saying it oh well yeah the first few times to say it out loud was just oh my gosh i told uh my wife's mom first and i just couldn't i just couldn't yeah. i couldn't i sat down to you know i I'm committed to talking about it. And so I've told people, I've told everybody, and it's gotten a bit easier each time. And uh, I think other people don't talk about it, and that's a weird thing. And I, I, I woke up that second morning, here's what, here's what I do care about. This is what I think is interesting and why I think people need to talk about it. I woke up that next day, and I, I knew that I could, move, like, could, I could begin to move on and like, deal with, handle, or avoid you know, the stuff that it feels like and that, that I think about. And I just knew, I looked at, at, at Bridget and I said, well, she doesn't want to overly talk about it. How should I handle this? And I th- had a moment of thinking, well, I'll talk about it later. We'll think about it later. We'll not talk about it. And I, I just said, wait a minute, this is it. This is where, this is that kind of thing where it's an unspoken thing. You don't talk about it and you all avoid it in your marriage. And then it, it could be totally long-term destructive. Or yeah. it could be the thing where, you own it and it's part of your story and it's part of your life and your marriage. And I, I knew that hinged on just those next few hours. Like that's, I, it was yeah. so clear to me. Like if I avoided the first six hours of today, it's over. I'll never want to, you know what I mean? Like it'll be much harder yeah. to go back. So I just made, I just said, we got to talk about this. I totally broke down. I couldn't, I mean, I just said, no matter what, this is part of our story, our family. We're going to talk about this and we're going to acknowledge it. We're going to tell other people, blah, 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 whatever. And I, I could just see it plain as day. I've seen so many couples that are bitter and have a, something that they can't talk about and it's a wedge and it's just not, you know, so, you know, I'm just jump. I just jumping in there and I, whatever it means and whatever's true about it is where, where I'm going to go. But if it, you know, for yeah. the, it's odd cause I don't identify with emotion that well. So it's very uncomfortable. I don't understand it and I do not relate to, 
the sadness of it or whatever and the way that other people do, I, I feel like I got hit in the chest with a sledgehammer. I mean, that's just, that's. I think that's pretty good description there, man. That's what, a lot of people. that's what, I mean, feel, I think, but it feels yeah. total, that feels very physical. Like, I mean, it really feels yeah. physically like yeah. I have an internal injury somewhere b- between my Adam's apple and, you know, third rib. It just feels yeah, that way. Yeah, you do. I mean, that, you actually do. I mean, I believe that. I mean, I think that's, that's what kids can do to you, man. It's just, I, I don't wish that on, on anybody in the world. And, and it is very difficult, and you have to walk through it. And with that being said, how, how is Bridget and how are you two doing together? Is it, is you guys, are you able to talk about it, and, and, and is she doing okay? Yeah, I mean, I, get, I don't know. I really don't know, like, wh- what it means long term or – I mean, in some ways, I'd say yes, but we had, you know, the worst, the worst part about it is I don't, I don't feel like I have, it's, it's hard, I have training in uh, even counseling, and I've written articles even on our website about how to deal with people who are in grief or struggling. I've seen, I've been around yeah. it a lot. I've seen this very thing very, very much. It feels totally different to me now, however. So I'm noticing it a lot different. I don't know if I'm evaluating how I'm doing or she's doing well, it seemed clear to me. It seems clear from the outside, but from the inside, I don't really know. So, yeah, she might be doing good, and that's good, or she might be doing good and then falls apart or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Um, we're functional, and we're acknowledging it. So, I'm I'm secure in that. That you know, it'll be it'll be whatever it is. But I don't know. So it, that what one thing uh, interesting observation. If people don't think it's too silly for me to be in my observational uh, place. I'm telling you, what one thing I did not understand and do now is when you're dealing with somebody who's in grief and you're empathizing with them, and yes, I, I understand that empathy to me is, can sometimes be pretend or learned or whatever, and I think that's okay. I think that's true of everybody, of how do you empathize. Yeah. And I'm telling you, 98% of how I feel when I tell somebody is in their first two and a half seconds, facial, muscle, whatever they do with their face. That is almost everything. If that is genuinely moves them and they show it, then it has almost doesn't matter what they say next or anything. So if that's yeah. useful to anybody, I think it's going to be useful to me. But, you know, I've been evaluating how different people, you know, respond to it. People say disrespectful stuff or unmean or meaning well and say goofy stuff or stuff that's not helpful. You know, people, everybody yeah. de- deals with it in a different way when you put them on that spot. Like, this is what happened to me. Dang. Now, here we go. But it doesn't bother me. So, like, truly, truly, if somebody has a, a not less than great or non-empathetic response or stone faces or just moves on, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. That is okay. But I want to tell you what a blessing it is when you tell somebody that and they just they, they start crying. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. incredible. You don't have yeah. to avoid it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What were some of the, I mean, uh, I think another helpful thing for people can i mean do you does one or two silly things stand out that people actually said that was like you don't resent them for but it's super unhelpful um well i think the worst one i haven't gotten this directly but there's a tone and i've heard from a lot of other people too when you do that where it they people will often say well you'll you'll get another one or something which obviously diminishes the 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 life that we're talking about here has yeah, nothing to do about with this that. one so yeah oh, you no. try again or hang in there it's all you know people that and the the what they're all trying to do is make you feel better and also to try to move on like not make themselves feel bad that's that's really yeah. the work the, the most thing you can do is because i used to try to avoid it like i would think well this person's sad so why would me being sad help them that'd just be more sadness which is a negative thing right 
but it's the most appropriate thing. So yeah. that so therefore it is a good thing to take a second and mourn with the person who's mourning. I mean that's simple, but that's well, my I mean that's just kind of observational for me about it. But. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: like um, when you when you and I talked, uh, was it helpful to hear about? Um, because I don't think that you knew that Priscilla had miscarried. Was that helpful information? Um, you said or you was had that, two, right? No, one that really happened, and then yeah. the second one was like, okay, we can't handle this anymore. We're not even going to try to get pregnant. And that was actually Gwenny. So, oh, I see. Yeah, so um, so what, had, what I think is interesting there is I immediately, when I'm dealing with people, I realize how short I felt or, you know, like Seth and Melanie went through one, and I was like, oh, that was bad, you know, but I, I didn't... But me sharing that with you, did you take that as, oh, Joey's making Oh, yeah. No, what I'm saying is, no, yeah, it was helpful, 100%, because you identified. You didn't make it like, you didn't diminish what I was going through. You were being helpful, and I appreciate that. And I also remember that Seth and Melanie had, and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. Where was I when you did? I didn't, I don't remember doing anything to help you. That's what I, that's what, where my mind went. I'm like, oh, this is where I botched it for other people, is what I'm thinking, you know, partially kind of thing. Like well, Chad Gardner um, talked about on our podcast, and I'm thinking, hey, this is good material on our show, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. While he was on, I mean, I, didn't, well, I was very sad for Chad, and Chad has been actually very, very cool. Um, that's, it's, it is helpful, you know? So, Chad, yeah. So, you know what I mean? But he was just on our show talking about it, and I was like, all right, well, that's interesting, and I care, and I did, but I just, I feel different about it now. Yeah. Well, um, with all this happening, are is, is everything else okay? Is, is is Georgia all right? Are you guys? Able oh yeah, to, I forgot. Just, yeah, you know that Georgia's yeah. not all right either. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, this is what really is real, real bad about it. And another observation about the way I deal with things is I went to Florida last week after this had happened, and we thought it was complete, you know, near complete as far as the miscarrying itself. Um, and so Bridget stayed here. We agreed after it'd been about a week and, and we agreed that I would go to Florida for the four days. I wish I hadn't gone. I won't get into that, but I shouldn't have gone. But while I was away, Bridget was, he uh, had, we had somebody, while Bridget was working or whatever she was doing at the time, somebody was with Georgia and she uh, hurt her foot on a slide. And so the same, you know, I was out of town and Bridget, uh, Bridget had complications, had to go to the hospital while I was in Florida. And so yeah. now I'm in Florida. My daughter hurts her foot and can't walk. And my wife calls me and is going to the hospital. And I'm in Florida in Tampa about to do this, the under oath show. And so an hour and a half before an hour and a half before I went on stage there, my wife called me and she's crying and she's checking into the hospital and I'm in, I'm in Florida. And then that's it. I don't know what's going on or anything. And then I talked to her 10 minutes before we went on stage. So, you know, like I said, it's just weird. And I know for me, I just, you know, I, it's weird. Cause if you go back and listen to that under oath interview, I listened yeah. to it the other day. I am totally, I shifted gears. I was on yeah. that stage. I talked more than anybody else on that stage. I kind of ran the whole thing and I, I was totally locked in. I think it did a great job and I was just totally in that. You know what I mean? It was super weird. Like it was really the worst thing, time, the worst thing for me possible. And then 10 minutes later, I'm up on that stage and just did that. 
performance. Right. And then as soon as I got, and I didn't think about the stuff at home the whole time. Like I was in it. And then I come back off stage and back to sledgehammer chest kind of thing. So well, and, right. I know that's probably not normal too. for most people, but that's just well, me. I'm well, able what's, to, what's going on with Georgia? Tell us that too. Oh, well, well, let me just say this. I mean, to, the the transition you had to make. Toby was literally on his phone checking for flights to send you home right then yep. and there. So there's one split second. You're like, I don't even know if I'm going to do this, and then you jump into, okay, I'm doing it and leading it. I mean, that's, yep. yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, so, so that's an interesting way that Georgia? I operate, I suppose. But Georgia is a uh, uh, she. Thought, thought it was fine, and then after Bridget was out of the hospital, the next I mean, I thought she would just get better, and then they took her in. So then they did x-rays and couldn't find anything broken, um, but then she still won't walk on it. So we took her in Saturday, and then she got a splint and all wrapped up, and she still won't walk on it. So now it's uh, Tuesday, you know, almost a week before this comes out, and then she's gone back into the doctor today, and the doctor is saying – so they want to put it they can't tell if it's broken but it still possibly could be and to be cautious they would want to put a hard cast on it but the doctor says it's kind of toss up one way or the other so crazy shit at the carter house so whatever good lord i don't care whatever this happens so being intimidated by talking on the podcast or saying my opinion or whatever i'm just f that who cares i'm alive yeah. we're moving forward <laughs> Telling the truth, crack a beer, dude. About it. <laughs> crack a beer. <laughs> this, you're getting me. You're getting Matt 2.0 from now on. This is different. <laughs> I am here. Well, well, here's here's Joey 2.0. We love you, man. Thank you, Joey. We do. I appreciate it. And I don't know how in the hell to transition this to. Well, I tell you what, I just, it, 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 it is help. what it is. I mean, we can, you know, we, Matt. We'll does it make you feel it. better to hear to hear Joey heavy breathe, tell you he loves you, <laughs> and breathe out his nose? We love you, man. We love you. That's no, Joey I appreciate 2.0. it. And I don't. I mean, you know, we will Joey acknowledge 2.0. this. I know people will want to talk about it with me and acknowledge it going forward. That'll probably be slightly irritating as time goes on, but that's okay. And anybody else that's going through it, I totally am sorry. I am sorry for you guys. Please try to also talk about it and comfort those other people that go through it. It's not even the worst thing that can ever happen to somebody, but it, you know, worst things ever happened to me. That's all I can say. All right, so. I'm going to try not to sound shallow. I'm going to try not <laughs> to right. sound belittling of Matt's situation, but I think Matt could benefit from a snack showing up at his front door. Right yeah, I was going like to say beer, but snacks rang, would be good too. If the doorbell nice rang, snacks do help. You know, and here's the thing is you don't want to go to the door and see a bunch of snacks like Doritos and yeah. a bunch well, of greasy yeah. stuff that where you feel guilty about it. You feel you want, miserable You want to be able to eat something that's super healthy. And I can't think of a better option than Nature Box. Yeah, the best thing that's happened to me in the last couple of weeks is a Nature Box delivery. That's true. Right. And and I want to make clear. That actually uh, is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is. is like by far. I mean, that's like all. We, that's we, really are loving, it. we really are loving the Nature Box. And your brother said he got it or Devin said he got it too. Like, you know, people are yeah, telling. Yeah, I, I love it when some. our sponsors, people get it. And then they tell me that they like it. That's been, so far been true with Nature Box. So thank you. Yeah. And here's the thing is we, we are asking you to do this, but it's, it seems even silly to say, hey, will you please do this? It's free. Like the the first trial is free. I just went through the uh, the process of a free trial and it's so simple. I paid $2 for shipping and now I'm going to get a bunch of uh, free snacks, but there's over a hundred to choose from. They're all, uh, they, none of them have artificial flavors or all the colors and sweeteners and corn syrup and all that stuff. They're, they taste amazing. What, what's one of your favorites, Toby? One of my favorites is that, that old, uh, white truffle popcorn. Yeah. I, I'm a huge popcorn person anyway. And, and when, and when you get all that together, mm, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Matt, you like the sriracha. Yeah, that's my favorite one. So let's get some details on this. We want you guys to, to pick up the snack if you like the snack, and I imagine you do, and it's better than stuff in your vending machine, and it will, it's good. Well, here's the thing, too. The, no risk. You get, them, you get it for free. Nature Box believes in their products so much that they will send it to you, and you get to try all these things, and I promise you, you won't be able to say no after that. It's healthy, it tastes great, and it is awesome. So right now, if you go to naturebox.com forward slash Christian, you can get a free trial of their favorite snacks, of our favorite snacks, your favorite snacks, whatever you want to get there. Free snacks delivered to your door. So get your daggum free trial today. You're crazy not to. I mean... Simple and plain. That's www.naturebox.com forward slash bad Christian. Thank you. Yeah. Now hey, we got to move um, on to something light. And you can joke and we can have fun on this episode and we can talk about this again <laughs> later. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, enough of this. We've had our ups and we've had our downs. Can we bring on our guest? Yes. Let's get Steven on here. He was great last time. So yeah. let's drop in. Yeah. By on. popular demand, our, our good friend Steven Christian, formerly of the band. Amber Lynn, and that's going to be really fun to talk to him about that. Hey, which is, Aaron Rodgers loves Amber Lynn. Yeah, I know. He Maybe we've Amber reached too, that just, point that my dad was talking about. He goes, son, y'all talk to everybody. You don't know anybody else interview on your show. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We're just starting over. <laughs> we, have to do, yeah, we have to get every guest it's the back. the one-year anniversary of Dave Bazan tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fun to have like a, yeah. The guest, when, the guest is like closed. All we're doing is repeats from now on. A hundred episodes. What? Who? You know, we'll just have a. What if we can get several of the guests back just for <laughs> you know, just a quick? I, th- I I honestly think a lot of people would want to hear from Jay Baker again. Yeah, they definitely. would want to hear from someone yeah, the, like Jennifer. The Matt. only thing that's weird and uncomfortable would be none of them remember who Bad Christian. Right. <laughs> We'd be at square one, like reaching out to a publicist. Who again. is this again? Jay <laughs> Baker. Who? Yeah. Uh, episode two. Yeah. Master Nate be like, yeah. I don't know what y'all were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring on Stephen. Hey, Bad Christian listeners, this is Stephen from Amberlynn. I want to let you know that Never Take Friendship Personal live in New York City is available right now on Tooth & Nail Records. Check out the song Paper Thin Hymn from that record. That was Paper Thin Hymn from Never Take Friendship Personal live in New York City. You can pick up that record on iTunes or head over to toothandnail.merchline.com. Thank you guys for the years of support, and we really hope you enjoy this live record. That's really interesting. Last time we talked with you, you were getting ready for Amberlynn to end, and now it has ended. Yeah. And uh, that, so how was that transition? That's pretty neat that you knew that, and you really did spend time like, I'm just going to be present on you know right now like th- this is the end so i'm just going to be here and enjoy my time w- was it more emotional worse what tell us how it went down I, I i think it was a lot 
I would think it was exactly how we expected it to be. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like, we had, you know, we had planned this for, you know, 13 months before the last show. We were already kind of planning and talking and discussing. And so, you know, it, it was it was great in the fact that, like, we felt like the entire year we got to grieve. So it wasn't like we got to the last night and it was, like, hit us like a ton of bricks. It was more like a, a systematic, like, um, you know, departure from what we knew and, um you know, a lot of it. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna say the last night was easy, man. It was it was a lot rougher than I had I had previously. You know, I thought to myself like, oh, you know, I've I've known about this so long, it, it, it'll you know, I, it'll be fine. And then that last song hit, and you're just like, I guess the biggest thing was like, I will never play these songs with these guys again ever. Like that's. <laughs> A crazy, crazy feeling. Oh, I believe so. you on that, but I, you know, in this today's day and age and climate, we've heard that a million times, and then people get back together. So we're uh, holding out hope. You'll do a thirty-year reunion. No, I don't, you know, do the right. casino circuit when you're sixty. <laughs> I don't, you know, honestly though, I, I feel like if we had just if we had given people like a two-month notice or a two-week notice, I think there would definitely be. But the fact is, like, we 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 went around the world. And we uh, we put on the sh- this show like I mean most of them are right around two hours, and we gave it all. That's true. Like, I I know I gave a hundred percent. So I feel like if I go do it again, number one, I'm ripping off all those people that came out to the show and cried and tried, jumped on stage mm-hmm. and the, the emotion of it all. Like I th- that would just be so like a just a a slap in the face, you know, like to come back and be like, Oh, just kidding. You know? <laughs> yeah, I totally, um, I see that. It's like, so, so for, yeah, it was a year long tour. I mean, that was a year of our lives that we gave. So it just feels like it would be irreverent, irreverent is the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. I do think it, it can be that. And it's easy to, to be that way, you know, to not take your fans into consideration. You guys clearly did. And I guess by any measures, y'all did it right. Taking a year and going everywhere. And I think there's something to those bands that do get back together, not a knock on them, but what sometimes is really exciting about it and good about it is the fact that they probably broke up under some difficult circumstances, for instance, where they didn't get a fair shake or something happened or they had internal tension that, that they just couldn't keep it together. And maybe they got to do some farewell shows or maybe only a week or two or, or stuff like that. And so maybe it is a little bit different when they get back together. But yeah, I guess you guys yeah. covered everything. No, wait, wait, did don't it. get me wrong. I hate everyone in Amberlynn. Okay. <laughs> um, so... You heard it here first. That is such a clip we can use, right? Hey, I think I think you should. I think this that should be the headline uh, of of this podcast. Like, you will just blow up. Oh my gosh! Um, so what what we really would like to know today? I mean, for me personally, is you know we're still grinding it out with our band. But what does it look like on the other side? You finished this up. You did it the right way. You left everything on the field, so to speak. So Amberlynn is done for real, and we haven't sp- spoken to you since then. So just I'd love love to know from on a personal level what does the other side of that feel like what does it look like what is specifically going on oh man uh so emotionally it's it's been it's been incredible to be home with my family you know i i I definitely felt like there was going to be moments where oh man like i just miss the stage i miss the euphoria of you know the adrenaline pumping but i gotta be honest like I saw a bus on a trailer the other day, and I, my whole chest just started seizing up. I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> and we live in Nashville, so there's tons of, like, uh, buses and trailers riding around. And so I, it was just – it's one of those things where, you know, we we uh, we toured for seven months last year. Like, the last seven months was pretty much straight, 14 days in home in Nashville. 
I mean, I definitely had some other time off and I was spending it in Florida, but 14 days in my own bed uh, starting like June 1st to, you know, Thanksgiving. So it was Gosh. just, it was a lot. So emotionally, it's kind of been great because I just feel a little burnout on, on tour. A li- I mean, a lot burnout on tour. Um, but that's not to say that, like, I definitely don't miss people and, and, and moments and cities. And I, I, I still love traveling. Um, just rather on my own my own terms, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, psychologically, I really felt like I was going to struggle with being Stephen from Amberlynn. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've seen a lot of like lead singers, and well, I mean, that's I mean, a lot of people in bands, but namely these two guys that were singers in bands that I was close to, and when their bands ended, oh my gosh, man, it was like they just they just collapsed internally just they're they're just chest caved in and they just mm-hmm. went within themselves yeah. and it was it was brutal just watching their uh one of the guys like basically didn't leave his house for an entire year another guy oh, felt like he needed to Gee. move out of nashville because everything was reminding him of music you know and 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 those bands didn't end on the same terms you know thank god but uh that we did but that's what i was i think that was my biggest fear was just um, n- number one, just my identity. Where was my identity? Was it in my family? Was it in the band? Was it where? W- was it in God? Where it was supposed to be? Where was it? And I think that was the true test. Was you know Thanksgiving Day? You know the day after the band had end. How, you know where was I mentally? And I think that was uh, you know I, I you know I don't want to sound cocky, but I feel like I I did put in the time with I went to a there's an amazing psychologist here in, in Nashville that works with musicians named Al Andrews from Porter's Call. And he you know I and I told him my fears and he kind of helped me walk through the entire process. Um so I, I feel like I was in a better place than these two guys. But still I you know I, I can't as men I think that we are our our jobs, you know. That's why our society yeah. walks up to you and says, Hey, my name is fill in the blank. What do you do? You know, and that's yeah. number two, besides your name, you know, and uh and so <laughs> yeah, I Yeah, totally know, when we had uh, Donald Miller on the podcast, he's he his new latest book, which is really good, it's a pretty quick read. He said the same thing, and uh, just the idea. He went to a uh, it was I guess it's like a ranch. It's a little south of Nashville, actually, I believe. And um, he said the same thing uh, when he went there. He couldn't. They they said one of the rules is don't tell people what you do for a living. And, it, and then he realized how much of his identity was wrapped up in that. And I oh, see. Yeah. I think that's really neat, man. That you preemptively saw that because I've seen the same thing. I've seen so many people that were in bands and they are still mentally almost still in the band, but the band doesn't exist anymore or something. You know what I mean? And and there is like almost like a sadness or a, uh, man, I wish I could still do that. You know, you guys are still doing or successful or whatever, you know, and I wish I could be there. And so you actually went and asked some questions like the guy that you went and spoke to, had he worked with other musicians that had broken up is that is that kind of one of his mo's? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, he specializes. I mean, he's basically it's amazing. It's um, he's funded by Music Cares, which is an incredible organization, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but they they pay him to be a psychologist to band members. So if you live in the Nashville area and you're in a band and um, you're a full time touring musician, man, please check out Music Cares and Al Andrews and Porter's Call. They're great great ministries. But yeah, he specializes in like sitting down with you and your wife and trying to figure out how to make her a widow and yet stay married while you're on the road, you know? And those are, yeah. you know, those are complicated issues that I feel like people really don't understand that aren't in bands, um, that, yeah. that the biggest heroes are not the guys on stage, but the women they leave behind. Um, so, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just cool to be able to have somebody to talk to where she can, 
you know, he can translate what she's trying to tell me. Like, hey, here's how I'm feeling when you leave. Here's what, here's emotionally, here's physically what, I, what I'm feeling. And so it's great. Um, yeah, and he had also, yeah, uh, worked with a lot of musicians that kind of broke up. And so it, it was good to be able to hear you know, what, what, what steps to take preemptively and, and, and post. Did you have like a goodwill hunting moment where he was going, it's not your fault. And you're like, no, nah, leave me alone. It's not your, and then you started sobbing. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I started, I punched a pillow and then I started crying. You know? I think I was so Stephen, when you wake up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth, you, you know, you no longer say, Hey, there's Stephen from Amberlin. No, but I do sing yeah. my own songs. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but are you not Stephen from Amberlin anymore? That's not you don't think that you don't. But people must still encounter you that way, though. Other people oh, still put that on you. Absolutely, but I honestly don't. I, I it's so refreshing, man. And I and I don't think like, man. Oh, I've got it so figured out. Um, life was easier when I was in a band because it was like high school, and the fact that you knew tomorrow when you woke up what you had to do. The government and your parents told you you had to go to high school. You know, you had no say in it, so you would just go. You just go to high school. That's what you do. It was, um, and that's kind of how Amberlynn was. Where every day I woke up and I could see a, a calendar and I could see the days mapped out for me, and I knew, my, you know, who was driving me places and who my tour manager was, and uh, you know, so that's it was kind of how it was. And so when you get off that that machine of a band, now suddenly, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What does tomorrow look like? You know, it was, it's a. Uh, it's a scary venture, but uh, but like, but Stephen, let let me ask you this: like, with because I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, everybody knows there's bands all over the place that just want to get on a label, you know, much less have <clears throat> have a famous name like you. And I, I think they're all. I think a lot of them are wondering, like, is there a part of the Amberlynn identity that you still enjoy? I mean, because I think that's hard for people to relate to the fact, man, he doesn't even care about that fame or does it does that make sense like is there a part of you that enjoys that still um honestly not really i i, I was never the one for fame and notoriety were always so far down my list i i never yeah. felt like a rock star nor did, nor did i want to be i i don't know that was never fame is overrated man oh my gosh overrated. it's so fleeting it's so cr- fleeting it's unbelievable. I mean, it is such a, a vapor. Yeah, but you are now. Aren't you going to be like a judge on American Idol? <laughs> I am. I am. Yep, that's my. I tell you what. That's what, what I wanted to know. Is what are you? What is regular Steven now? Are you just you punch the time yes. clock at Subway or what? I do. I eat fresh every day. Um, it's, <laughs> get, cookies are not free. I did not know that when I filled out the application. Man, that's a bum deal. Um, lately, you know, since January. Uh, I took December off because we were obviously on all the way through November. In December, I just kind of took off. I, I'm happy to say I, I took my family, my wife and two kids, uh, onto a Disney cruise. So that was exciting. Nice. That was a pinnacle of life. Um, but starting January, I started just really hunkering down and, and songwriting for uh, I Write for Word. And so we, I've just had an awesome opportunities to work with tons of different writers. Um, also writing my own worship project that should be, you know, which mm-hmm. ironically enough, I announced for the first time here um, right. on this podcast, which my manager did not like. Um, not that it's you, just he was like, <laughs> I think that's a little, uh, I think that's a little premature. I was like, oh, you know, well, it's too late, too late now. Um, but, yeah, so working on a worship project that should come out, you know, next year sometime, but in the, and, uh, but but through a lot of circumstances that would take up an entire hour of progress, um, 
man, it feels like I am just called uh, to lead worship at a church. So my family and I are now packing up the house and uh, going to be heading out west where I will be leading worship at, a, at an incredible church uh, in New Mexico. So I'm really excited oh, about goodness. that. It's a huge move. You know, we're packing up the entire house and uh, renting a U-Haul and heading, heading, heading west. So I'm really excited about it. Well, if you if you are interested in having like some mentors and people to really help you along the way, Matt and Toby uh, are both worship leaders, so they're the go to guys. Awesome. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They're just tremendous. It's a it's Thank really you, interesting. Joey. I mean, you, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, uh, Stephen, you, obviously, you probably led worship before, but it is it will be. I would like to hear your take on it after a while, like doing it. You know, most Sundays you, that would be you, interesting. It sure. would be neat to hear that because it, it is a transition. It's, it's different. I was actually when when I first started leading, when I got a job at Mars Hill, I uh, it was super intimidating. Like I don't hardly ever get scared or nervous at a at an Emory show, but when I, my my first few times of leading worship, I was like, Ugh, and I got the jitters. And I even still do. I think some of it too is. Uh, in your band, everybody knows what's going on. You know, the bass player knows, the good drummers, all, all that stuff, you know, guitar player, they know what's happening. It's kind of a set thing you've decided, but these are new folks that are under your leadership and authority, and you're like, oh, I, I have to be, tell them everything and be on top of everything. Yeah. So, like, just, it's, it's, it's crazy, but uh, I'm sure you're excited about it, but are, are you intimidated? Oh, my God, dude. I am so intimidated. I, un, uh, yeah, I've only led three, worship three times in my whole life. So it's really funny that I got this job. I mean, I'm glad they didn't ask that on the application. You know, I'm glad it was like a <laughs> check yes or no. Did you have you instead of uh, how many times have you? Um, yeah, but it's 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 an exciting venture. But man, I am so intimidated. I I haven't been this nervous about like I don't want to call it performing because it's not. But being on stage, you know, playing an instrument, singing, I haven't been this nervous in oh my Definitely. gosh since uh, Tooth and Nail day at Cornerstone, you know, oh, oh 05 or whatever that yeah. was, oh, 04. So I'm just so nervous, but it's exciting. I, I love the challenge of it. I, lo- I I really love the leadership aspect of it. I think that's really tremendous just to be a part of, um, you know, something that's kind of propelling forward. But I think the coolest part of it, or, or, or the coolest part of the process of me getting out there was um, my wife and I had been offered the job, and, and we we love East Nashville. Like that's where we live, and that's where we kind of run and raise our, our babies. And this is just I, I I can't speak it highly enough about this place. We're really starting to plug into our church and our community and our friends and stuff like that. And I I uh, we went to church uh, on Sunday morning. We go to the Village Chapel here in East Nashville, and um, the pastor began to talk about Acts three, and in it, uh, Philip was in a thriving Christian community and he was and and it was growing and people were coming to know Jesus Christ and it was incredible. And then suddenly Philip was called into the desert. And he's like, you know, that may be for some of you guys here. Maybe you're in East Nashville and it's growing, it's thriving, and God's calling you to the desert. And me and my wife just looked at each other like seriously. Because <laughs> we were so set on not going to Albuquerque. We wanted to be here. We didn't we did not want to move west. And suddenly it was just like at, at that point Doors just started flying open, and a few doors closed here in in Nashville, and it was just kind of like, all right, okay, God, like, wow, maybe we're called for a season out to the desert, and uh, so you know, but it was just a great story. I mean, uh, a really cool, you know, I'm not one to like, oh, I believe in signs, but I definitely, when I when I come across them, I don't ignore them. You know, it's just kind of like, all right, God, what are you trying to say to me? And luckily, you know, and and thank God that He can use our pastors to do that. So it was really cool, cool. So you're moving right now. 
or did, I'm in the process. I'm, no, I'm staring at a U-Haul box right now. I'm, I'm sitting on a mattress with no bed frame. You know, everything's, <laughs> everything's packed up in the garage. Uh, are you doing it yourself? Are you getting a company to move you out there? Or are you driving it yourself? Well, I've been taking steroids for the last few months, so I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them to good use. No, I, I don't know. I we don't have, you know, we don't have that much stuff. So I think I'm just gonna do it myself. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's gonna be a big change. I, I I love New Mexico. I think it's it's uh, it's awesome, but uh, it will be a huge change from Nashville for sure. But that'll probably be refreshing too. Just I, I think that that's uh, a good step for you just because you'll be in a whole different place and, and it will kind of move tra- it'll be a nice transition from what you were doing to now a a nine to five where you you still get to use your talents and skills and especially all the things that you've learned um that's one thing that i found was really neat is i i was more relaxed about certain things because i'd done it a million times on the road right you know there'd be a little something here and, and you kind of naturally know oh yeah you know oh man the mic's going out here or, you know it's even simple little technical things right. not that i know anything that technically but there's little things that you can you know bring a piece to the job with yeah. so that'll yeah. be cool that will be a nice transition what about the uh Toby, no nobody has made me feel more confident in this conversation right here so thank you very much seriously <laughs> you're like oh it's good to be nervous <laughs> I have one tip from the worship world, and that is that this is how you you, you can evaluate your musicians. It's the it's inversely proportional how experienced and how good a musician is compared to how picky he is about his in in ear monitor mix. Whoa! <laughs> the okay. people with the least experience and the least thing will be the pickiest about their. Am I right, Toby? Dude, that is so oh, right is. though. Yeah, oh, it, it, it is for sure. Because whenever so- I'm up there, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't care. I'm not used to getting anything right. I just know what I'm doing. And then right. the other yeah. people, they think they're get, supposed to get a $1,000 mix session from a right. professional right. mixer just before they can play <laughs> their first note, you know. <laughs> I know. Oh, totally. Awesome. But, That's good. But what I was going to ask you, what about, the, what about the other guys? Do they have... Uh, jobs or careers planned out, or are they just are they just kind of winging it, singing what they're going to do, or have you talked to them about yeah, that yeah. stuff? Yeah, well, uh, Christian is actually he's working on a tons of different music projects, uh, including like kind of starting a band with Dion. So they're they're doing some. It's uh, it's kind of like a southern. I want to say southern rock. Uh, you know, very uh, with, with with some blues influence. It's really good stuff. So uh, both That's of cool. them are kind of concentrate are working on that project. Um, Christian is also going to play about a week's worth of shows around the country with acceptance. So nice. they're going to be playing mm-hmm. Seattle. They're playing New York City. Um, I don't know if they're playing Tampa. Oh, I know they're playing. Yeah. So oh, they're playing a festival uh, in the New York area. So yeah, it, it's going to be that's going to be great because I, I think that a lot of fans like like me kind of you know never got to have that you know moment like Amberlynn where you had that final you know you know see you later it was more just like we we're gone so i think that's going to be great and a lot i know people are really going to appreciate that uh, joey's working full time production down in austin texas he's got a studio down there just i mean talk about workaholic he's just crazy yeah. working so that's great yep. and then Nate's still developing his uh, coffee company it's called king state there in tampa florida and so they're uh, him and tim mctague and a couple friends are working to kind of roast their own beans and when they get get that perfected they'll start selling that when they get that done then they're going to kind of open up a coffee shop so it's a long-term plan but yeah they're definitely all really busy it's really neat when you see people in bands and they're just like they move right on to the next thing and you see how hard that you it gives you a glimpse of how hard they were working in the band too and, and you know and doing all that stuff for sure Steven, I know um, the the pod, the last podcast you were on with us, 
uh, was impactful uh, to me personally, just hearing someone like you, like, like I mentioned, I was joking around halfway, but I was serious about how I think our question caught you off guard and you were willing to go there. And I think the people that heard picked up on the fact, man, this dude just being real, like this isn't rehearsed. He wasn't planning on sharing this stuff. And you've made note of it. And, and we have on our end, as far as the emails that, that we received, just how much of an impact it's made on you sharing your, um, you know, infidelity. Well, I guess that wouldn't be infidelity. That's just sex before marriage. What, what's that called? Is infidelity only? Fornication. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fornicate. The F Booty word. calls. Um, <laughs> is, 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 is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> um, is that accurate as far as, on, I mean, you, you, what kind of stories oh, have you yeah, heard man. as far that, as people? Can a, we review a little bit for people that may have missed that? Yeah, what, I mean, yeah. Joey, you so, gave a big explanation there. What did we talk yeah. about last time in case you missed it? Well, Joey just asked me, you know, he could summarize them. I'm paraphrasing the question, just talking about, hey, did you, did you have sex before marriage? And, and uh, I begrudgingly admitted that I had. And, and even though, you know, I had accountability partners in place, even though I would have considered myself a Christian, um, even though, you know, I was you know, attending church, I was doing everything a good Christian should, there was definitely a, a moment where it just collapsed, and um, I had sex before marriage, and... Uh, yeah, and the, con- and the context of that conversation is we were just talking about how the popularity and the girls that just throw themselves at, yep. at y'all's feet, I mean, right. as, as rock stars and everything, and that's how we that's how we got there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and and just after that, I was like, well, I mean, one particular, one letter particularly hit me, and it was this kid, and I know he listens to you guys on the on, on the regular, and uh, he lives in the in the Michigan area, kind of up north. I don't want to be too specific, and he wrote me a letter about he was at he was at his college, and he had just lost his virginity, and then he had listened to us, and he felt trapped. He felt like he had just entered in to a whole new world of of you know sexual immorality and he just he didn't trust himself to continue and uh, i mean he he, he he felt like that's it what's the point you know what is the point yeah. to, like you know to to try to even attempt to be abstinent it's already gone it's uh, but the, right. the thing about it is is you know if you if you smoke a cigarette once it doesn't make you an addict you know if you have a <laughs> if you have yeah. a, 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 you know if you have a beer you're not an alcoholic. I'm not trying to justify sex. What I'm saying is there's redemption. There's a there's a chance to break a cycle even before the cycle begins. And it's just, you know, and this is another graphic story. And, and now to the point where I, you know, I, I I just I just feel like I need to share it. But um, I was I was I don't know how to explain it. I was with I was hanging out with a girl, and things started to get a little more heated than normal and. You know, we were not in a, you know, she was, we were not engaged. We were not anywhere. And she brought up the topic of wanting to have sex. And she had never had sex and I had sex before. And I vehemently was like, no, you have no idea how dark, how, how deep I sank after I had sex for the first time. Because for me personally, I just got into a, a, a horrific place because I could never climb out of, of, you know, every time I would try to pursue God, every time that I would go and try to like read my Bible there, that voice would be in your head. You suck. Look what you yeah. did. How, how could you, did you just pray for that guy? Why do you think that God's going to answer your prayers? And that's, you know, and he, and, and, yeah. and 
Yeah. And for and, and in one way, the voice was right. And I'm not going to call it Satan. I'm going to call it, you know, my own self. I'm going to call it my inner turmoil. I'm going to call it conscious. And and it was a little bit of the Holy Spirit conviction. I, I what. I, and and what and, and because I was continuing to have sex with it, this is you know when I first lost my virginity with a girl that, that, that I was with, and, and, and so then here I'd be praying and reading my Bible, trying to do quiet time, but knowing full well in one week we were going to be back together, you know, and I was yep. continuing yeah. the sin, I was continuing the cycle, and so that's what, all. This was what I was trying to tell the girl that was that really was. You know, like, hey, you know, what about having sex? And and because when did this take place? Uh, this conversation that you're having with this girl, how long after that relationship? Oh, okay. So the girl that was, you know, kind of propositioning me, it was, it was only yeah. three. It was about three months into the relationship, and uh, gotcha. and so, it, but uh, you know, I, I feel like the need just to just to you know tell people like, sex is awesome. Sex is great. Sex is amazing. It is. It is everything it's cracked up to be. It is intimate. But man, there is a there is a reason. There is a reason why God was like, you know, please don't do it yet. Just wait till you're with the one you you want to marry. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's. I have a I have a a, a, a three year old daughter, and she is beautiful. She's the oh man, she is the most amazing thing. That has ever happened to me, you know, and well, both my girls and my wife, I'm not trying to say, but but my in the context of this story, there is a reason that I put a fence in our backyard. There's a reason. I want her to I want her to explore. I want her to see the world. I I would give anything for her to travel half the places I got to travel. I want her to yeah. have I want her to uh, man, just play and be as happy and as content. I didn't put up the fence so she couldn't get out. I put up the fence so she doesn't run in the middle of the road and get hit by a car or get kidnapped or, you know, get injured by a, a roaming dog. I, in the same way, that's all God was trying to do. He wasn't saying like, oh, you know, oh, here's here's fun. Here, you know, this is going to be great, but I don't want you to do it. He's saying, man, I know the hurt. I know the pain. I know the consequences that come mm-hmm. along with sex, you know, and so that's all that that's the bottom. That's, you know, and when people say like, Oh, you're following a, a, a religion of law. And I'm like, man, that's not religion. This is utter freedom. And my God, like if I could go back in time and, you know, save this amazing gift for my, my wife, I totally would. But, you know, for me, it's just like I made a mistake. I stuck in the cycle of sex. And that's what I want to warn people about. You know, stay away from the cycle. You can make a mistake. Please don't. Avoid it at all costs. Please trust me. But, man... Don't get caught in that cycle. Stephen, I have a thought on that, and it's uh, we talked about this on an er- earlier episode, and it was largely a f- funny kind of thing, but I think it illustrates a point that speaks to that guy that wrote you that letter. He said he lost his virginity, and then he felt hopeless. And sa- and you said the same thing. You felt like at that point on, it was that's the way it is. Now, I think the big issue really is that you put such big that we tend to put such big weight on certain sins and certain points of the sin. And that's why we are always saying here that we're, that's the reason we call ourselves bad Christian because we are bad Christians. We do have a great Savior. We're, you were sexually immoral and corrupt long before you had sex. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so was this, so was this fella here. And so that is, to make my previous point before where I said the term virginity alone, I f- almost find useless or even destructive. And I don't even think it's worth 
having in there because you weren't technically good before and then you, you did something, just an additional thing, but it's so built up in our culture and our mind and people trying to avoid this and say that. You're already bad. I'm not saying that's not bad. I'm saying you already were bad and, and could have and should have been dealing with the immorality in your life in an ongoing way. So I, use the, I say that a useful definition for virginity is penetration for pleasure. And so it's not yeah. just about this thing or that thing, but you know, when you're objectifying another person, I, I think that's, I, that's my literal case of why I don't yeah. think having virginity is, is, even, is even positive for the vernacular of Christians. Absolutely. I don't think it should and be I, in there. And I agree. I mean, you're saying, in which I'm, I'm just reiterating what you're saying, and it's true. We as Christians put puts points on different sins. One is yeah. cheating at the game of risk, you know, or, or checkers. And, and an eight or a nine is murder, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so anything yeah. with a child's a 10, you know, like, yeah, we definitely put a def- more weight. And that's why I want to perseverate on the fact that the darkness for me came in the cyclical, in the cycle of sin, yeah. in the cycle gotcha. of, the, of saying, yeah. of, 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 of sinning, and then going about my daily business with God, knowing full mm-hmm. well that I was not strong enough, nor was I going to, you know, uh, you know reject in, in, in a week from now. That's, that's the guilt. That was the shame. That's the long run of sitting there going, you're not any good. You're, you know, you're, this is all fake. Everything that you're, you're, everything that you're portraying, uh, uh, the quote-unquote fruits you're trying to show other people is a lie. And that was dark. And so when the guy wrote me a rote, uh, the note, I was telling, you know, that's what I, yeah, I was telling him, kill the cycle before it even starts. You know, stop the cycle of sin. You know, so stop the perpetual, you know, uh, penetration for pleasure as a, you know, as opposed to, you know, a- allowing yourself to get into that rut. Yeah, we started the conversation off talking about worship leading, and now we're talking about fornication. Put those two together, and you have uh, Stephen Fee, who was writing epic worship songs that were still singing in church, was leading huge music conferences, and was in that cycle for, I, I, don't, I don't want you to quote me, but two years maybe, I mean, it's just, I can't even imagine, you know, what his mind frame was coming clean with that. I don't even know what the healing process was or, or anything like that. But that's, that's definitely what I was going to ask you as far as the darkness that you experience was coming. No, I, because- I totally get that. And it, and it is one of those things where, you know, I, I, that is a, an amazing gift that I would have loved to give my wife, but yeah. I, it, it is culture. It definitely is culture as well. Um, but I guess, you know, there's definitely, you know, a couple, you know, things, points I want to bring out is that the Bible does say that is the only sin against the body. I'm not saying it's yeah. more weight. I'm saying it's a different weight as well as sure, I agree. the sin. Um, two, but so, what about, but, I mean, blowjobs as well is what I'm saying. Oh, sure. Whatever, okay, you know. that, that's, but, my, that's my main point. Oh, okay, that, that, okay. That kind of thing. And the whole issue here is duality. So you can be this worship leader that's doing that. You can be this cycle. Right. You, you split yourself into two people as Christians because you can't bear to think that you're this. And then once you do mess up with something that we have such weight put on culturally, now you feel like you've split yourself and you're this right. guy or the other guy. But, oh, but yeah, really, you're, Matt, you're just absolutely. bad the whole time. You, 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 right. That's what bad Christian great savior means. It's you are this. You yep, are I this agree. and you can own up to all sides of it. Matt, wouldn't you say that you do have issue, though, with uh, sex, blowjobs, anal sex, all the sorts of sex being separated into a, a tougher sin? I mean, or, or just a, a, in a category of its own? Like, basically, what Stephen is saying is there is some sort of distinction biblically. Wouldn't you disagree with that? I mean, it seems uh, like Anal blowjobs and vaginal? No, I'm, they're, they're the same to me. 
personally. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying sexual sin. Yeah, you yeah, would absolutely. argue that they're not in a category of its own. Yeah, no, sexual sin is, is de- yeah, definitely different. That's what I'm saying. I think sexual sin's a big deal. So let's take it like okay. a big deal from point one when you're looking at porn. Not when not when you finally have sex yeah. with a prostitute. Now now you didn't become bad. You were. That's what you need yeah. to deal with when you're That's eleven. Right. When you're 19, I mean, and it whatever. starts for Christians. For Christians, that is the big thing, and I think that's why people really resonated with Stephen last time he said that because they're like, "Oh, damn it! Somebody at least said something." Yeah. That, that right? Because that's where they are. That ends and the duality. I think you're right. Yeah, no, I agree. And and what we are missing is it starts when you do that. Uh, you go too far than just the kiss, and then you know, then you can tell yourself, "Well, it, we just dry humped. That right. was all it was. Oh, <laughs> it was just a hand job. Right. It was just uh, you know, I'm not having sex. Right. You know, I, I'm not. Right. I can't get her pregnant this way. You know, it's just a blowjob. It's just oral sex. Yeah. So when you start justifying, when you start separating it on that on that level, and like you said, Stephen, giving it points, then it gets really dangerous because then you can say, "Well, I can." It, then it's just trying to beat. The system. Yeah. It's like the old days. I, I read this article about uh, the Catholic people who were Catholic that wanted to commit suicide. It was you know they knew they would go to hell. If they, they thought they would go to hell if they committed suicide. So they would go kill a child who could go to heaven. If a child dies, they go to heaven, and then everybody would catch them and put kill them, and yeah. then they would get you know then they would get to go to heaven. And you're like you're trying to beat the system when the truth is let's just be honest. That, that's what I hate. I wish more people and. Uh, Authority or power positions, or even with fame, whatever it might be, would just be a little bit more honest. Yeah. Like I, I've heard so many pastors just brush over the fact. Yeah, you know, I messed up. My wife and I, we messed up before we had before we got married, but it was just bad. But I mean, hold on, wait, wait, wait. a lot of people are there. Stay there for a little bit. What, yeah. what, when you're saying what you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah. let's visit that 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 idea you're right of. It wasn't just one time. It's probably a year or more. So that that's a long time to just you know be there and feel alone and not not that guilt that you have on top of everything and that that's what was that's what made uh steven not trying to uh blow your head up too much but that's what made that interview so special is it would have been so easy for you to have said no I mean, that would just that would have been the easiest thing. Or, yeah, I just don't uh, want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I made yeah, some mistakes, or, but hey, yeah, we all I had have. some failures. Yeah, I had some failures. Yeah, I mean, but I, <laughs> yeah, I had some that, moral you know, failures. That's one of the biggest things about Christians. I, I don't, I'm not sure why that in our maybe it's not our generation. It's just our 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 current cultural faith that you need to look like me and dress like me and talk like me before you can enter the church. I think that there's a lot of pastors out there that are trying to put on this 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 veil of perfection. And that is only ostracizing the world. Because why are we trying to put on perfection? Why aren't we honest and open? And, and why, are, why aren't we embracing the fact that we're hypocrites? When the world calls us Christians hypocrites, we should be like, oh, hell yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I have a hangover. Nailed it. I have a hangover from last night. I shouldn't have drank <laughs> too much. Like, I, yeah. I, you see what I'm saying? Like, we need to like. But Stephen, that would our... ruin your witness, man. That would totally <laughs> ruin your witness. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we need to talk about it and be. Oh, I, I don't have a hangover just for you know for. But I'm just saying, you know, we do need to like drop the veil. Here's what I struggle with, man. You know, this is what, and and you know, right place, right time. You don't want to you know announce to the youth group that you're struggling with pornography as head pastor. I understand that you need to you know be a little more but I, you have to be open and honest and just this is who i am this is what i did and man look how great uh, god that we have that that can forgive us now does that mean that we can sin i mean obviously you know romans talks about no it doesn't mean that we can go about our about our ways it means that we admit we have problems 
and we move on. And moving on means accountability partners. It means about when you fail, you are upright and forthright with your church leadership or each other and, and, and try to keep continually get rid of it. The thing about when I sinned, when I kept having sex with my girlfriend, is the fact that like I didn't tell anybody. Of course, you, of course I wouldn't. You know, I a, a yeah. Superman syndrome. Look at me, I'm perfect. I, you yeah. know, let me show you the way I could be a beacon in the night. I what I was was yeah. a horrible Christian because I was lying to myself. I was lying to other people, my my friends, and I was still trying to. Con- you know, it took me like three right. years to tell one of the guys in the band to tell Nate, our drummer, that I had lost my virginity because I was so ashamed. And I still, and at the moment, you know, the time I was just so felt, you know, I wasn't going to tell him while I was doing it because, what, Lord forbid, he 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 challenged me, you know, like, oh gosh, don't don't tell me I'm wrong because I'm loving this sin, I'm loving just living in this, you know. So, um, yeah, you got to be honest. I mean, and that was my downfall. So where where does this leave you right now? I mean, are you motivated to kind of act on this? impact that you've made and take it further i think this is it we're doing it right here yeah <laughs> but uh that, you know beyond this i'm not gonna i'm not gonna write a book or anything like that but i, I you know it is something i'm gonna tell my children hey this is the mistake yeah. i made you know um this is what how it hurt me this is how it affected my life please don't <laughs> that's it you know like how do you think things are going to change now that you're going to be you're going into willingly to work at a church be accountable to an organization are you going to have to tighten up the way that you live and talk How's um, your, what do no, you think will happen when you uh, you know I, uh, man that is a good question here's what i want is is to be i want to live above reproach and that doesn't, you know, and that what that looks like. I'm going to have to talk to the church leadership because I sit under them. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I, you know, I want to be a good example. Um, and that's and that's on a multitude of, of different scales. You know, I think that, um, you know, again, like I feel like for me, and this is not for all Christians, but I'm not going to drink, um, not because I feel like oh it's a sin or or you know it's bad or it's evil. What I do think is that I don't know how somebody else is struggling in the church. So if mm. I go out, we're going to watch a football game, and I'm out at somebody's house hanging out, some friends are over, and I don't really know them, and I have, let's just say, a beer, one beer. Well, first off, I don't know if they're struggling alcoholics. You know, I don't know where they are at in their life. And then secondly, I don't know if they're in the church, and they're going to tell somebody, oh, my gosh, I saw Stephen at you know a party, and he was having a beer. And they tell somebody, and it's like, Oh my gosh, Stephen was drunk, and then suddenly, oh my gosh, you know he was wasted puking, and so I just need to live above the reproach. I don't need. Well, a how is that it's, different than when you were just in Amberlin, though? As far as drinking a beer at a football game? No, like, I did. And when I was in Amberlin, same difference. I would, you know, the guys made fun of me, and that's cool, whatever. I they, I just would not drink around anybody. I, I was, so you will never drink, you never have drank around strangers for no, that reason, no, Applebee's it, or anything. No. But I mean, when you're alone, you get hammered. Oh, when I'm alone, <laughs> listen, nothing else will help you cope from quitting a band like a good bottle of whiskey every night. I'll tell you that, straight up. Um, no, that's just always kind of been my thing, you know, like, uh, this was a big kind of controversy in the band. Uh, you know, they, you know, some of the guys, nameless, but just weren't happy with it. But you know, uh, money was. Why wow, they wanted you to go out and have a no, beer no, no, with no, them or no, something no, like the, that? The story I'm about oh. to say. Uh, they, they basically there was money was kind of tight, and we were approached by a, a an alcoholic beverage company to wrap the bus, and I voted no. I was like, no way, and uh, I not because again, same thing, but. Man, a 16-year-old's in the parking lot. We pull up, and then the, their favorite band walks off the bus. 
Like, what does that say? You know, I, I, I don't want that on my hands. I don't want that on my head knowing, oh, my gosh, the first time, you know, they had a beer was the night, you know, because they felt like a little bit more like, well, if they do it, I can do it. I just, hmm. you know, I want to live above reproach on, on many different levels. Steven, I think you're on the wrong podcast. We would we would wrap this podcast in <laughs> yeah. vodka you know, commercials. This is the, Smir- <laughs> the Smirnoff Presents Bitbag Christian presents. Podcast. Perfect. Zima Presents. Joey, do you? You're a pastor. I mean, do you kind of see what he's saying? Like, how do you feel when you, would you drink a beer in public? Because I mean, you, I do see the point of people will jump to conclusions. At the same time, for me, I don't I don't think that's my responsibility. If they would jump to the conclusion that I was drinking too much or something like that, I at the very least I would hope it. Would, it would start that conversation. They would be like, hey, why are you drinking? I'm, I think drinking's wrong. Then I would actually have the conversation. But I know right. you've felt awkward buying beer in a grocery store before, right? Yeah. Here's my thing is, and I know what y'all would have to say in response to this. My only beef is when I'm doing something that could cause someone to think that Joey is okay with getting smashed. Right. right. And so me walking out, walking out of a grocery store with, Two 18 packs of beer in both sure. hands, and that's it. It just looks like party time. That's your rations <laughs> for the next six months, Pastor. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. No, but it probably is party but, time. That doesn't necessarily mean drunk time. getting drunk right. time, but so, yeah, it does mean party yeah, time, probably. Yeah. So honestly, for me, I will drink in, uh, in, Party atmospheres, social atmospheres. I mean, you, we've we've been in those yeah. sorts of atmospheres. With so if you people went, you went out to eat dinner in town, no would, problem at all. Now our church culture has changed right. a lot at Seacoast, a right. lot. So it's partly due to the the culture um, that that we have and trying to shy away from legalism. But that's my big thing is, uh, and that's the that's the argument that you and I, yeah. uh, you know, as far as me thinking that you should explain a little bit more to someone what it meant for you to drink right out of a whiskey bottle. Yeah, that, that's my yeah. Uh, I had that, we had that conversation, but I was going to ask you too, Stephen. With that being said, were you okay with going to Applebee's with your band and them drinking? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, yes. Yeah, so so you, it was your conviction, and you didn't press that on them. I guess on them. You know, there was there were certain things that I requ- that I requested. You know, and and. And they could take it or leave it. You know, I asked for, you know, hey, let's not have alcohol on the stage. Uh, and some guys respected that and others didn't. And that's, not, again, it's not my not my prerogative. You know, it's not my place to say, you know, oh, these are my convictions, so you should live up to them. It was just kind of like a request. And, um, yeah, so I was fine with it. You know, if they're going to be there. And, and, again, you can't please everybody. And somebody's going to judge me for even having a beer one time. So, I, you know, sure. and, and just admitting that's fine. And. Yeah, but uh, but for me, taking on and signing on to this church, I feel like, you know, even though I'm not a pastor, I'm not ordained, I've never been to seminary, people kind of have that impression of you that you are a pastor, so I need to live like a pastor. And it's okay, man, like, alcohol is not the, 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 the center of my life right now, you know, it just never has been, so I, I'm okay to go without it, you know, there's, uh, you know, so that's just, that's just, again, my personal conviction for, to going into to ministry. Christian, was it just was it just uh, alcohol? Was there other things like did you? What if the guys weren't married and wanted to bring a girl on the bus or spent the night somewhere? I mean, did, did you guys have any other that things? Was, where yeah, it that was, was like, definitely cultural. Like you know, like you were saying, it was a, it was a band culture, just not to do that kind of stuff, not to to bring sure. you know. But again, some dudes did and some dudes didn't. It's you know, it was and also. I do not judge non Christians. I do not. Right. I I if they're you know. If they're going to do that, I would never even think to go and be like, hey, man, can you, do you mind not getting drunk? Hey, man, do you mind yeah. not? You know, I know you're in your hotel room by yourself and you, I saw that girl. Can you not do that? I would never do that because 
I will, you know, because we're on a different moral compass, you know, we're, we're, they're, the Holy, you know, they have not given their lives over to Jesus Christ. So I, you know, but if it's another Christian, I'm going to be, hey man, you really don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be, this is not something you need to be doing in your daily mm-hmm. life. This is something we don't want on stage or something like that. But if they're, you know, if they're not Christians, then, you know, then I, you know, God bless their hearts. You know, like they just, they can, you know, do what they want. Yeah. Man, you should maybe just go ahead and start your own church and be a preacher, dude. And a podcast. <laughs> you, you got you got up there, man. You took it there. All right, man. We know you're moving, and we really appreciate you joining us. And uh, thanks so much. Once again, man, it really is important for people like you to be honest and open and be there for people that are like, they have nowhere to turn. They just, even just being able to hear your story, people can really resonate with that and just understand it. So thanks for joining us, Christian. We yeah, sure man. do appreciate it, man. You got it. It's good catching up. Yes, sir. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. See you, buddy. That was Stephen Christian, ladies and gentlemen. Back by popular demand. Yeah. He even sounds cute. Some people, can, some people look cute, but they don't sound cute. He sounds cute and looks cute. Uh, that dude can, total t- can talk his ass off. I mean, yeah, that flew by. I was like, holy crap, that went by so fast. I mean, it, he can really bring something to the table. He really. I mean, we're not just asking him questions. Are talking dude, about pizza right now? No, we're not talking about pizza. Damn. Yeah, now, do you have something to say? You look like you're super excited. I yeah. just, you heard, I heard bring something to the table. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wanted to give y'all an uh, an example of what I was thinking through with this kid that was talking to my brother was, because I was trying to think, I I don't know if I, I don't know what I think about that. But then I just was thinking through the interview and you guys know I'm on board with what we do. I mean, I'm a part of it. But Toby was, Toby seriously said, no, I flat out hate these people. I hate this person that does this. I hate that. I hate this. I hate that. And if you're a new Christian, you're like, wait a second. Think of all the things that are bad. Hate is definitely one of them. (laughs) And so does, I mean, I know that our our tendency is we don't want to apologize for the things that we struggle with. No, we don't want to apologize for being open. So what Toby doesn't want to say is, no, I I hate this. And uh, let me say, I know that's wrong. I know that I shouldn't, but I don't know. Should we? Should you have said, now I know hate is wrong. And I should figure out how not to hate people, but I guess don't people should just get that. I don't know. I yeah, I just I I, I feel like I've done that way too much in my life. And, yeah, and it wasn't true. Yeah, so I'm all about the truth, and and I believe 100. Oh, that's, are you saying that's not a news right now? No, <laughs> golly, that would have been the best news segue in. Damn it! <laughs> Shit, I wish that. I would have thought of that. <laughs> I'm all about the truth. I'm Here seen, we go, Matt. Music. <laughs> I'm getting some. I, I got to get a truth tattoo, man. America, big old America flag or something. Anyway, I believe that. There's been tons of times where I didn't tell the whole truth and it would be easier and people would like me more if I would say, man, it's, it, you know, sometimes it really is tough and people are, are hard to get along with and you can be mad and upset. But, you know, at the end of the day, you really do just have to give it all to God and just really turn it over to him because if that anger will just eat you up inside. That sounds great. Or maybe it no, sounds Christian. I would have turned be. the podcast off personally and right, I would not exactly, be your friend my if point you is, that way. I just want to tell the truth. Man, there are times where I feel like I do. I probably am over-exaggerating. I don't know if it's actually hate. Hate would, is a really strong word, I, I guess. But it says God hated it. And I always like that. That's what I'm saying. People loved 
King David and he absolutely was talking about kill kill my enemies. He said, I know it's not right that I said this, and I, everybody reading this later, y'all need to know that I don't really think this, but right now this is what I'm going through. Okay, back to my statement. God, please kill my enemies. I'm in torment here. You know, right. he, didn't talk, he didn't talk that way. We have the ability to read King David and know that he was a person that said what he felt and that yeah, he wasn't I, right. So the Bible's I, that way. So this podcast can be that way. And I yeah, well, that's do what I'm saying. Care. And it can work both ways, too. For example, I do disagree with Stephen about drinking in public, but he has a conviction and he sure. clearly was able to say that. And I respect that. Right. I totally think I disagree. I'm going to drink in public. And, and if somebody has a problem with it, I think that starts conversation as opposed to not. But I'm glad that both of us are honest about that. Like, he's not embarrassed to say, I don't drink yeah. in public or something like that. You know, I, I, so I don't need to be embarrassed to say, yeah, man, sometimes I really feel like I'm just mad and I cannot stand people. Like, I, I, I just don't yeah. want to talk to them. I want to run them off the road, whatever. I'm going, that's who I am at that moment. That shouldn't be my whole identity. My identity is in Christ. Right. Yeah. So that, that's what's awesome. Even though Toby is acting like a fool and is sinning and is doing wrong, and his identity is show. in Christ and, every, yeah. and everything's okay. Right, well, but I, I, guess, I guess the point, though, is if you don't say my identity is in Christ, it could leave someone hanging as, okay, so this hate thing, is Toby okay with that? Who that's, cares? That's what I'm in saying. some way, who cares? Honestly, like who cares if they? The well, worst... I care about people. Okay, but, I care about uh, people. That's no, the no, thing. no. That's but a you care so much that you don't there. tell them the truth. Yeah, that, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not against you telling the truth. No, you're making it all. sound like I'm saying I don't care about people when I say it. If somebody thinks something bad about right. Toby, that doesn't mean that person says, "Oh, it's so awesome to go hate." Let me go hate now. No, well, all you're worried about is what if somebody thinks something bad about another person? That's not a sin. Think and something that bad about me. That doesn't. No. That's, that's, that's different. That's that's what but, you think I'm thinking. That's I mean, not what I'm thinking. But I mean, like for example, are you? What are you worried about? That I'm teaching them that hate is okay. The guy that asked that question was talking about, man. Well, how do you deal with this? Because I'm mad. At, I think he was even talking about family or, or girlfriend or whatever right. it was. So I mean, I just think. Like that even happened at the Jacksonville, and on the Jacksonville episode, the guy was talking about how do you deal with somebody in your church that you're really upset with and has really done you wrong. And I think we all gave honest answers, and that's all you can hope for. Like I, I but I would say for most of the time, for me, I think just being honest and open and forthright seems to be more valuable. I think that's why people do resonate with this podcast, for sure. So I don't know why I would be worried about that. Here's the thing. Even if it is wrong, what I what I'm saying is me saying, yeah, I I hated somebody or I didn't I just couldn't stand them. I'm not going to like them or whatever. That's not right. That needs to be dealt with, right? And guess what? You and Matt call me on that stuff all the time. You can't just say that, Toby. Blah blah blah. You you know, if anybody says stuff that I can't say, it's probably you, Joey. <laughs> I mean, you're the most person I know that would say, hey, I don't. You 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 feel sensitive or uh or aware of of the situation or the room, uh, especially on live podcasts or anything like that. So I would say for me, I need that and we have that. And I think there's tons of times where you say stuff and I go, Hmm, I need to think that through. Yeah. And, and just to set the record straight, I don't think we should change anything about our podcast. All right. I'm saying is I, I guess I would be okay with saying maybe our podcast isn't the best for some seeking Christians that don't know where to start. I would direct them to maybe Matt Chandler or maybe someone who's actually teaching because I don't, I don't know if a new Christian could get on here and be like, okay, well, here's a, a starting place for my theology because we don't tie things up nicely as far as, okay, so here's what we mean by that. I don't want to. That's not what our podcast is for. So I'm saying that our podcast may not be good for some people to listen to. But my point would be, I totally disagree. I'd way rather them start with us and then get to Chandler because everybody thinks, oh, well, now they've learned enough that now they can do whatever they want. That's not what I think. I, w I wish to God I didn't grow up in 
massively legalistic church that was all about you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't cuss, you hide everything, basically. They didn't say that last part, but that's what it was about. Um, they loved the Lord. They were all about Jesus for sure, and a lot of the gospel was dead on, but there was a legalism there. And so I started with hide everything. So I'd way rather people go, holy crap. Christians are being open and honest, and they're even about their own hypocrisy, even about their own sins. I'm all about that. So, all so why is, would you want to start with not that? Because we no, I, I'm not I mean, saying start no, with not that. I'm saying that we. You said leave, you don't want them to hear this because they might what? No, we leave doors open for people to. And not what's understand wrong with that? What why, we're talking why would that about. be bad? I'm saying it's a bad starting point. Just no, it's like not a bad starting when, point because when, it, Paul, it starts when Paul's life was changed, what did he do? He went to Peter's for like two solid weeks. Why did he do that? To get a firm foundation. I don't necessarily. Okay, so maybe someone can get a firm foundation from an actual teacher and then listen to us simultaneously. I don't think our podcast is going to ruin someone. I'm saying they shouldn't come. Nobody to should us only for- listen to us. We say that all the time. I would I would not recommend anybody on earth, atheist, Christian, Buddhist, wh- whatever you are, don't only listen to our podcast. Right. Don't and, only listen to one pastor. Right. Don't only listen to one book. Right. And I guess what I'm saying is, I definitely think that if someone was just going to listen to us and they're a new Christian they could possibly be more confused because they don't get time to be around us and hear the actual conversations over the course of the day. They don't, they don't know what you mean when you say, no, I really hate these people. They could go away saying, I guess Toby's cool with hate. I know you're not Who cool cares? with hate. Who cares? What is, not- what is it? Do you mean that means they're immediately going to go hate? No, I don't think that. Okay, so why does it matter if they hear me say that? Well, I mean... Are you worried that they would hate? That's, the, that's what Matt was getting at. Like, Are you actually worried that... I would say, man, I, I this car in front of me ran me road rage or whatever, and I felt like I hated that person today. You think that means people go, oh, you know what? It is okay to hate. Or do they, or they go, you know what? I did the exact same thing. Maybe that's not so great, or maybe it's fine, or whatever. But I mean, I, that's not my responsibility. Or they should, I mean, if they're that silly to think somebody says something that then uh, it's okay to do, that doesn't make any sense. Then don't let those people watch any television shows because people kill people all the t- time or don't let them ha- any any kind of entertainment at all because it's only going to lead you to think you can do anything. No, nobody thinks that. So I think you are somewhere along the lines of, hey, I don't want somebody to see us do that because then they might do it. I uh, think that's where you're coming from. Oh, well, oh Totally. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there's there's instructions in the Bible of of caring about what other people are going to do. I mean, I, I, no, so yeah, I, 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 I care about what that, they, I care about what they do. So I don't lie. I try to be as o- open and more honest as I can, even embarrassingly so. All right. I'm I'm with you. I don't think you are. You just said new Christians shouldn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying it may not be healthy depending on whether or not they're looking for us to form like some sort of a foundation. They should not look to us I to agree. form a foundation. And I actually think they shouldn't listen to those pastors either to form the foundation. I think they should do a culmination of a lot of people and Certainly. decide on their own. Hey, what, is, is this important. true or not? Sure. We're not teachers. All right. We're, we are entertainers for sure. And so I think my point is, why are you worried that they would... This is going on too long. But why are you worried... Why are you worried... Somebody would hear us tell the truth. Anyway, I, what I wanted to say on that is what I really am advocating for is I don't care if stuff's rough around the edges. I'm not worried what other people think exactly. Of course, I do in a general way, but I'm valuing those a little bit less because where I want to be is that instead of erring on the side of caution, I would say err on the side of honesty and then let the, just like Toby says, let's let the surrounding conversations happen. So instead of saying, well, wor- worship leaders 
or pastors, they don't drink, but that's because because they're careful. I'd rather somebody say, hey, I saw Pastor Joey drinking. I think he was getting drunk. And then somebody else to go, hey, I guess you're gossiping right now. So maybe you want to think about that and you're jumping to conclusions and you're being judgmental. Pastor Joey was not doing that. And even if he was, then that, that is what it is. So maybe we need to have a conversation about alcohol now. So the pastor avoiding all those situations to err on the side of caution, in my opinion, causes some of that duality and chasm and rift. So I would like yes. to tra- travel the nuanced middle path. And also, I don't agree. love. I didn't say anything. I also, say don't anything love the notion of trying right to like fish around to find out what we're doing wrong here. Of course, I'm open to we mess up on the podcast, but I'm not. But I'm not trying to tell people to turn it off because you're a new Christian. I don't believe that. I, I feel like things are heated. I feel like we've kind of gotten in a little. Shut in. up, man! It's not heated, bro. Bro, it's bro, bro, not bro. heated, bro. Take it back right now. It's not heated. What if the world saw you acting like that right now, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you know what will make everybody happy? Some what? damn news. Some damn news, Joey. That's right. That's right. And that was damn a much, news. much worse segue than the one you unconsciously had earlier. But that's it's right. the damnable news. In a world where your two best friends and yourself know that Stephen uh, Stephen Christian is a raging alcoholic, but he's hiding it in front of. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Toby Morell. This is the damn news. I'm joking. I'm joking, everybody. That was a joke. All right. <laughs> Got to get to it today, my friends. Now, I would like to uh, start off today's news with, I have been getting lots of requests oh. for maybe more, more time for the damn news. More time? Yeah, like uh, people would like like it to last a little bit longer. People get your own podcast. People love get the news. Own, All get right, your own podcast. I, hey, listen, yeah, I agree. I'm just what? What am I? I'm just the 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 door, the gateway for the truth. I, you know, I can't. I don't. <laughs> I don't create it. I don't make it. I'm just the door. And I, I'm just a tool. You, you butcher it sometimes. I'm just a utensil, and I'm used. Sometimes you know, people can't understand. All you. glory to God. Sometimes you say like 29 times. And we, I have tons of friends. Uh, you know, our friends and bad Christian uh, people that listen to this podcast. I call you friends that. That, uh, send me news articles all the time. So I have been thinking. And you ignore them. I've been thinking and developing, potentially having a damn news that comes to YouTube, maybe. So with that being hmm. said, um, my idea is also I need I need help doing that. So I would love to have some roving reporters out there film themselves reporting the damn news uh-huh. as well. And then I would love to <laughs> maybe eventually show reporters. that. Yep. I'd like <laughs> some ro- cor- correspondence <laughs> as they could be known. No, I like roving reporters. Okay, the RRs. <laughs> uh, you know, people on the scene is what I say. Okay. And uh, you could film yourself doing the news and you could send it in to us. And then if I can get this off the ground, I would like to uh, potentially have a damn news on YouTube. And, uh, you know, that's I a good idea. Let you do your part. And maybe I'd even roast you and make a little fun of you as you report the news because there's only one Toby. We all know that. But what, what I'd if, like help with the news. Do you what want me to set up an email for it? News at badchristian.com? Or do you That'd want it on, or do you want on a hashtag? News at badchristian.com would be amazing. Send in yourself okay. reporting the news, and then I'm going to probably bust your balls or what if someone female sends parts in a, and make fun of you, but uh, what if it's someone, gonna be good. What if someone sends in a video and it's better than how you do it? Oh, wait a second. That's going to be everybody. Oh, my Lord. Okay. I dare you to send in. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. I've already thought of one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and what got me thinking about that is uh, this, this week's first news story comes from our, our friend Jimmy Sorrells, and uh, he sent this in. I thought this was just really interesting. This guy gets it. 
He get, Joey, you don't understand how the news should be reported or what stories the people need to hear. This guy gets it. Jimmy gets it. I, I watch Dan Rather. This comes from Geekology. Uh, <laughs> it's not on the news anymore. I've been on the news for like 10 years. Uh, still getting intimate. Having your loved one's ashes preserved in a glass vibrator. Oh, I heard about this crap. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, on the- 21 grams, a reference to the notion that the human soul weighs 21 grams, is a project created by artist Mark Sturkenboom, uh, which Joey, if, if Joey would have said that last name, he'd call him Sturkencock, that, Im- <laughs> <laughs> that immortalizes your deceased husband's ashes in a memory box. So you can still have an intimate night with him, even if oh after he's long gone. The box contains a glass vibrator with the deceased's ashes. Speakers play your music, an atomizer of his cologne, and a place for a ring he gave you. An interesting concept, but I'm going to bake a cake with my dead lover's ashes? I don't think so. What do you guys think? Okay, Uh, I I am going to go back, and I'm going to retract a whole bunch of stuff and just say, can we just enact some Christian legalism on this? Cut that shit out. Knock it off. Just (laughs) Let's not do that. I'll make that rule for everybody. This is not a conscience thing. Let's go legalistic. That's crap. That's disgusting. Wow. I did wow. not think Matt would take that. Stand. Now, wow. Matt, that, that's really, I really didn't think you would take that stance. I'm a legalist so, when it comes to that. You're a legalist. Yeah. So here's the thing is, <laughs> I don't think any of us, all right, so we don't we don't want to entertain this, but let's it's say disgusting. one of our wives. That's easy. Well, hold on. Hold on. Why is that that crazy? Hold on. If one of our wives die, uh, we're probably going to feel most comfortable masturbating to thoughts of her. So basically, yeah. all this is is adding their, <laughs> their ashes. I mean, Matt, would you be that crazy? <laughs> would you be that upset? I'm, I'm being serious. It's going to sound like a joke. Would you be that upset, or would you agree with making a cast of your wife's vagina and you know, like a like a a toy, a sex toy, or something like that, and you having that after she's gone? Um, okay, and using that I, let me, for sexual pleasure. If you want me to give a serious and, answer on why this I do. is irritating to me, it's because I do okay. think that is wrong-headed treatment of the dead. It's good to to okay. me, to have memory. It's good to mourn. It's this is this is yeah. not right. This is not what you're supposed to do when somebody dies. That's it's. You're, I mean, first of all, you should move on. I, I, Joey, I mean, you got Joey I, rolling over I here. believe you should I'm get so remarried, nice. and this is certainly counter to that on a practical right. point, obviously. And s- secondly, I just think people sometimes they take it and fine. I mean, I know there's there's pain and yeah. seasons of loss. I identify. I really do. And even still, from where I'm at, even today, I just don't. I think you have to have a healthy. Uh, view of what loss means. It doesn't mean hanging on to it in an unhealthy way, and that's what that is to me. Okay. I, I, no, I agree with you. I, all I'm saying is it potentially is, you know, I mean, there. I can. I, I think it's probably not that helpful to say these people are sick and disgusting. Okay, it's not, it's not necessarily the sexual <laughs> element of it. I'm saying that just that, right. that mentality of the way people make their whole life about the dead people, and they get the big tattoo of in memory and put it on their truck. I'm right. not saying move on, like don't right. care. Yes, mourn. Well, Make I it agree part with of your you life. that. It's part of your story. Is that but... the only thing that you remember? Like that, 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 that seems kind of strange. That that would be a probably a very expensive toy that uh, is some kind of weird memory that well, you have I'll, sexually. I want to make a side note of something that I'm. Still... Why are you were laughing so hard? Because silently? because you instead of suggesting Matt to come up with a sculpture of his whole wife from head to toe, you suggested just a <laughs> vagina. <laughs> 
if there was a Bridget's rubber, that would there be, was a rubber Toby that Jess hung out with. Yeah, <laughs> after right. I'm gone, I wouldn't be that. Upset. No, you would. You you do as sad as it is. You wanted to t- be appropriate, and you wanted to move on. Right. You don't want that, even for your own wife. I, I'm sure of it. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. So my last story today I thought was pretty interesting, um, and it comes because I listen. Is to a, the last story? I listen to a lot of sports awesome. radio. And uh, it, this happened at, on ESPN. I thought this was just really interesting. Oh, cool. Uh, one, uh, this comes from Sports Grid. Wonder what ESPN thinks of this Twitter handle that Mike and Mike allowed on TV this morning. When your Twitter, when your Twitter handle is fuck it though 22, many things come to mind. Like, were there really 21 other fuck it those on Twitter? Or <laughs> is this the guy's age or high school football number? Should everything he types be disregarded as if he was adding, if he's adding fuck it though to every tweet? The bigger question is, <laughs> is an intern about to get fired over at Mike and Mike? So or just says, for flashing that is, on the screen. Right. So they flashed the picture of the actual Twitter. Feed, yep. and it's it, the guy's name is Gerald Canton Zerite, and it, at fuck it though twenty two, and he was just writing about James Harden uh, not winning the um, MVP. He should have won the MVP or whatever, and so that made it on TV, and now everybody's talking about it. And my question is to you guys: more than that, is censorship dead? Is it, how are you going to stop Hope it? I mean, so. everybody's going to be saying something. I mean, now that now that the media honestly relies on Twitter, I mean, you know what I mean? Like they're they're posting yeah. this Twitter stuff and and regular Joe Schmo on the street, uh, just his opinions and ideas. They're doing that to interact and have it. I mean, is censorship as we know it dead on TV? As we know it, yeah, but it's been it's been progressively dying. I mean, this time ten years. Is it a ago, good thing? I think for the most part, yes. And do you, do you I, think it's going to lead to where there's just nothing you can feel comfortable with with your kids? Yeah, or but, not? but I think they'll. I, I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but that's Christian persecution, and I think that's good. I think it's healthy for the church. But here, here's my thing: is like as far as like cuss words, I think that overall can be a good thing because I do think people need to be a little desensitized to you know words in themselves, right. having such a. Uh, like yeah. this is just kind of a joke. This guy, this is it's a jokey name. You know what I mean? I, that, that's what mm-hmm. I think too. I think it, it, if you did become a little desensitized to that stuff, and I actually do think if it bothers you so bad, what an amazing gift to go. Well, I just can't watch TV anymore. Yeah. Golly, you know how wonderful that would be for all the Christians that yeah. watch every possible worst thing. And how can you get so upset? If you're a Christian, I'm talking to just Christians now. How could you be upset that you saw the word "fuck" on They're TV? They're not, but but not, but but not be upset about something called American Idol. They're and, not upset. Uh, you know this. No, I think they are. No, People no, are no, upset. no. They're upset the same way that you are driving down the road and then somebody cuts you off and then you yell at them and you're super angry and then you are so delighted that you got angry and then you see they were on their phone and then you're even more happy that you, and they were on their phone. I knew it. You're happy when you do that. You're, yeah. you're, ha- you're glad to get that rage, that oh, I vindicated see what you're they're, rage. They're, they like They it. would never say that, though, but they it are It does not bother you to see F-U-K mad. or F-U-C-K in a, a, a hashtag or a Twitter handle that's obscured, yeah. that's attached to no meaning. That does not upset anybody. It doesn't offend anybody on a pure sense. It only incites rage and makes them think, but what if somebody else saw that or I have the moral high ground because that doesn't upset anybody. It does not. It's all. I think it's some all, people uh, probably be upset. No, it's upset but, on a premise. It's not purely right, upset. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I totally agree with that. So, y'all want to hear a deep dark secret about me? Sophomore year of high school, I actually told my teacher that I didn't want to continue reading Catcher on the Rye because of the language <laughs> in it, and I was serious. And you felt Wait, good about you that. Actually, I bet. 
You were actually upset about the language you thought. I, I felt like it was yeah. bad, and, and that she I was said you didn't it. have to. No, she said okay. And so she gave you another book to read. <laughs> I don't remember, but I just because you there was a lot of GD. You should have read. That. You don't. You're losing your memory. You should have read books. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I just think overall picture on that is man, it's neat that we are seeing things change right now. Like the, the like sexual desensitization. Desensitizing? Desensitizing does bother me because I just think it's so unhealthy. It's yeah. inevitable, and it's going to happen, so we might as well just be ready for it. But like you said, hey, okay, Christians yeah. have to turn the TV off. Ooh, that's a nightmare. Yeah. You know? So yeah. good point, man. All right. Well, that was the damn news. That was the damn all news, right. and I am happy to be a part of the damn news. This is the part that you've all been waiting for. No. Nope. The, the reason why you listen to the damn news, and that nope. is to hear who begrudgingly brought it. And so I want to highlight <laughs> some BC Club fans of ours. We consider them a Have part. you read The Catcher in the Rye since? Uh, no, I should. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's like one of my all-time favorite books. Yeah, there's probably one I should read. I just don't like fiction anymore, though, so that's the problem. This is an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> so we love uh, BC Club. You're part of what we do. And here's what's crazy is I don't know if this is racist, but oh, the boy. person... The person Great. that sent us this list <laughs> said, hey, uh, to celebrate, um, what, what's it called? May 5th? Cinco, uh, Cinco de Mayo. De Mayo. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't even think of yeah, Cinco de You're Maya. racist. Yeah, it is racist. But Go ahead. Listen to the names they sent. Andrew Hernandez, Diago Venagas, Felix Torres, Manuel Ramos, <laughs> and then lastly, our friend... Uh, that we went to school with, Greg Horez, Kappa Sigma, graduated from my high school, graduated from our college in Winthrop. Uh, is that racist? Bunch of... I don't know. I don't think so. It's, it's fine. Said. Were you being racist? Do you... No. Uh, then no. no you, there was no intentional. Uh, no, we're just... We're, we're actually are celebrating. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Whatever then, your nationality or, or race then, is. And then the... That, the flip- only thing is, if, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know... That those people are, just, are necessarily... And the only reason why I ask that question is people are sensitive about racist stuff where I'm just like, are you serious? Yeah, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, exactly. but it's, it's Cinco It's fair. It's all yeah. fair because Joey butchers every nationality's name. So no there you go. That's true. You You're are all right, good. Matthew. You, all right, and so we have six people that decided not to leave their last names. They're just kind of... They're like, damn it, my first name speaks for itself. Huh. So that's Asha, Brent, Dan, Drennan, Joe, Josh, and Preston. We love you guys as well. Thank y'all for supporting us and being a part of what we do. Matt, you want to just give a snapshot of what the BC Club is? Yeah, yeah. BC Club, thank you for, for all those people on there. I do really appreciate it. It's a ton. Like, we keep getting those names. I'm thinking, there's really that many people, and I know we got yeah, a bunch wow. of more on there, and they're not made up. There's a ton, ton of people that do that support us with the BC Club. That's where we ask you to pay for this podcast if you want to. It's your opportunity right. to support it. We flew to Florida last week. We used the, the BC Club money to, to get there for the gas, for the hotel rooms we stayed in, for the gear for the microphones and stuff we record we we ask you guys if you want to pay a dollar an episode or something figure out if it works out to dollar 50 an episode or higher amounts that you want to pay 
per episode. Um, we appreciate that. It helps us to make more. It's because of the BC Club that we do two episodes a week, that we have the time yep. and the ability to, to do two a week. And there's a ton of more things we want to do. If Toby's going to start that uh, YouTube damn news thing, well, that, that's going to cost yeah. money because he doesn't have a, even a video camera or a light at this time. So I guess that's or where that's obviously going to come from. Um, so that's the kind of stuff. We get, we're going to do a ton of more stuff. That's, what it, that's how it works. It's just you pay for what you want for what we do if you want to. If you don't, totally no problem. Additionally, we do give you stuff. So there's perks. So you get uh, a bunch of stuff we give away and stuff that we don't give away that's just for you. I'm not going to list those perks, but some of them include you can get music. You can get our free music of our artists. You can even get CDs sent to your house and physical books yep. that we release if you're at some levels and stuff like that. But it's not totally about just getting the whatever it is that we can give you as perks. But check them out. You go to badchristian.com forward slash contribute, and you can see all the perks on it. There you go. And those of you that are in the club right now, your annual gift is going to be a kicking Bad Christian winter hat. So those of you in the southern part of Texas and Miami and stuff, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Well, it's just great. to ra- wrap it up, Joey, you know, Joey is concerned about new Christians and uh, <laughs> not knowing where we stand. So we just want to say that we believe in Jesus. Um, we love the Lord, all the things he's done for us. And we encourage you to take the sacraments. You know, uh, if you feel you're ready, get baptized. I remember uh, seeing Joey get baptized. We were down at SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting. I was like, I was like, did Joey